Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, <laughs> welcome to Alt Bay. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Celsius and not the temperature. Um, please go ahead and give us a like, follow, and subscribe wherever you are watching or listening to this. And feel free to comment and leave us feedback. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get into it. Um, the the temperature has dropped significantly in the crypto market, um, all due to Celsius. It's going to well not zero, but it's like definitely really cold. I am um, very appropriately wearing my McDonald's sweatshirt because that's where a lot of people in the crypto community are going to be um filling out job applications too because their portfolios are li liquidated um that is like the running it's a little funny but it's not that funny it's not <laughs> it's i i'm i'm literally doing the meme and i love it it's so funny i like i finally have the opportunity to be the meme so we just wanted to talk about trade fi and basically specifically focus on celsius um because they have been a little odd for a while. I feel like they've always been on my radar as like things to not pull because I don't trust TradeFi. I don't trust these entities holding crypto for people because that concept to me is very anti-crypto. It's like, well, we, we want crypto because we want to custody ourselves. Why would we want some institution that is not a bank, not a decentralized entity? It's in the middle and hasn't been regulated by anyone and refuses to be regulated by anyone. Um, so we just want to discuss Celsius. So I think there's a lot of rumors going around, um, and it just seems unclear, but I think it's pretty clear after research and like layered things that are happening. So, and know. honestly, after what happened today that, um, allegedly did not happen today as per mm -hmm. Celsius executives. So, okay. So, so to start, yeah. so to start Celsius, it's based in London. You basically would deposit your crypto. Um, and you can either lend it out, you can borrow it, but Celsius offers fixed rates for depositing your crypto onto Celsius. Uh, and I guess a lot of people find that to be safer. I it, I personally find it to be a little lazy, not lazy, but it's just like you're basically off. You're giving, you're putting your crypto in someone else's hands, and they're paying you a rate. And I think the issue with that is that no one really questioned like where is this money coming from, because in order for someone to give you a fixed rate, like they have to be doing something with all the money they've acquired so they can continuously return this rate. And um, in interviews, the CEO, Alex Machinsky, said that we pay out 80% of all profits, which is odd. That's quite high. If you paid out 80% of all of your profits from your company, how would you be able to have a successful and thriving company and still play employees and still have you know money on your balance sheet? So even those, those well, statements and those words are very sketchy to so me. I, I would give a ca caveat with that because when when you're looking at like a business model and when you're like you know breaking down what is what is your overhead what is like your operating cost and then what is left over is profit so that like I don't think in, in that statement he he would have been considering like everything that all of the money like all of the revenue as profit um it's probably what is left over after like the operating costs are paid that's what i would assume right because that's but what like businesses are supposed to do you don't only operate off of your profit but in theory that's a business with revenue correct what revenue does celsius have aside from the customer deposits exactly so it's in a normal business scenario paying out 80 percent of profits while having ongoing flowing you know income is fine but when 
you have no revenue source aside from the assets deposited on your platform. It literally just states that you are literally benefiting from the usage of people depositing, which is problematic. Well, also, I, b- I believe that they were trading. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, they were... They, they were trading what they were borrowing from people, which so, I think is against the law. No, I, feel like, so, I feel like that would be illegal. So the problem no. is, because they're a neobank, there's no regulation upon them. And then there are several videos that we're going to go through where he says, we're not a bank, so we don't need regulation. We're nothing like a bank. But you're doing the thing that banks do. But hypothetically, you're doing what banks do. But legally, they are not a bank. So it's not illegal. Right. So basically, what they're doing is what I would do. I would like dump my money into a protocol, lend it out, keep it. But they're doing it with millions of dollars. And they're not actively managing it and tracking it. So this is an issue. It's like, I can do this privately because I can manage my single account, right? Like I can manage my assets. Mm-hmm. I can track them. I don't know how I would perform with millions and billions of dollars. And personally, that is not a risk I would ever like to take just because of this market and everything that's happening. I just find that to be insane. Like I'm, you know, so risk phobia that like, I would never do that with a certain amount. It'd always be like a specific amount with a term limit. You know, they're doing this with millions of dollars. And clearly as cool as they are, we don't know how educated they are in DeFi. We don't. That... And also, it, it goes back to the end user because a lot of people, um, they were doing what they they did with Luna. They were putting everything Massive into amounts. this company. Because I don't even want to call it a protocol because it's not a protocol. It's not they're, a protocol. They're putting everything into this like pseudo-bank middleman type of operation that like they're custodying your crypto and they're supporting doing whatever they're gonna do to give you back money like in addition to what you're letting them borrow and you can also borrow from them and put your crypto up as collateral and another issue i had with them when i was looking at some of their wallets they were literally labeled celsius wallet like so they're trading out of like giant wallets so it's like i think they're just moving funds and ghetto it's giving ghetto um no it's very ghetto because it's It's like and i also uh, sorry, I also just don't like the idea of, um, like, lending, right? You put up crypto for collateral, okay, fine. But in a in a market that is as volatile as a crypto market is, I, how, how collateralized are those loans, right? Like, are they significantly over collateralized? Or is it like yes. a... No, they're probably, I don't know. I don't know whatever the rate is. Um, and specific loans, but it's not up to you to over collateralize other people's money in a loan that you're not actively managing, you know? Like, right. I don't think you have that right. Like, you can't. I, will, I also just don't get how that works. Well, basically, I, like, it's like, I, so it's like me taking, taking, so, okay, look, for example, so what if I went up to five people at my job and I'm like, hey, I can go trade for you. Give me like 10 grand. Let me hold it. Um, they all give me 10 grand. They deposit into my wallet address. I then pull the funds and put them into Aave protocol. I then borrow, I, I borrow against it. So when you do over collateralized loans, you're putting up, like, let's say I have 24 Bitcoin, right? And then I'm receiving um, about like X amount in die, right? Because that you over collateralize it and then you get a loan of a slightly lower, like maybe like 5K less, between one and 5K less of that mm-hmm. then i'm going to take all the die and then i'm going to go lend that out 
and then I'm going to go get another loan. Do you see what I'm saying? And then they just keep doing this across the board. And then they take all of those yields and they put it back into the protocol and they pay out users with it. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's stupid. Even as I explain it that's like that, that's so. But that's so, with millions, like, with millions of dollars. That's the issue. So when we go into a bear market and you're already moving messy, you were moving messy before the bear market. Now the bear market got your ass, and price went down, and you're at liquidation price point, and you're like, ooh. Well, so what I think what happens happens, and even though it's not directly related, I still think that this is still. Um, something that was kind of like triggered by Luna, because if you, if you're using all of these, um, all of these assets to over collateralize, but then they lose their value, right? Because of, yeah. because of the huge market crash that just happened a month ago, then you're, you're yeah, not me... really over collateralized well, anymore. So the issue I have with Alex Majinski, he lied and he said, Oh, well, we weren't affected by Luna. He said, our money was moved. We have a team that watches steadily. We have a 24-hour surveillance team. And I'm like, well, if you have a 24-hour surveillance team, why aren't they watching all of your money in different protocols? Because there's so many little incidents coming from Celsius. I'm going to talk about, they lost um, they lost people's money also on top of this. Like, they physically lost Ethereum. So, yeah. So, I'm going to explain it. Um, so, the first time, um, they, so they had 120 worth of, uh, ETH. They gave it to Stakeown, which is one of the liquid staking protocols, um, mm-hmm. which is which is a third party, which is what I'm confused about. Why would you, as a third party, it's the user, it's their crypto, and then you're the receiving and holding deposit. Why would you then So you're then and... giving it to a fourth party? Exactly. Um, and then they got the stake ETH, um, which stake ETH was, again, they were trying to do the thing where you, they have your ETH, um, then they get the stake ETH, and then Celsius has stake ETH essentially. So they have a stake ETH, and then Stake Count has the original stake Ethereum. However, um, when sorry, and when, when you say, I'm sorry, when you say staked ETH, you're talking about Ethereum that is being staked. You're not talking about like uh, something like akin to Ethereum Classic. No, so stake ETH is simply people. So there's three things. It's Rocket Pool. Um, stay count and then Lido Finance. Basically, you instead of going to a validator on your own node uh, for Ethereum 2.0 and locking up 32 Ethereum, you can uh, put in whatever amount of Ethereum um, into like four of those protocols. And what they give to you is a um, a stake ETH receipt, which is a liquid version of stake. But it's, it's basically a receipt that says I deposited X, Y, and Z. And when the merge happens and you want to redeem it, you would then go back on the protocol and then swap out your stake ETH for your original ETH, right? You would unlock it essentially. Mm-hmm. But some people have been nasty and greedy and they've been taking that stake ETH, putting in another DeFi protocol, lending it out. Or taking that stake ETH, putting in another DeFi protocol, selling it for ETH, buying more ETH. They're lending out stake ETH held by other people, right? So the customer is depositing it on your protocol and you're you as a third party are taking the tickets from the stake ETH that you deposited of other people's ETH that are locked until after the merge. And they're trading with that stake ETH and losing it in the market, essentially. So in order for them to redeem it, they would have to buy themselves out of it. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Celsius shut down because the redemption, they weren't going to be, in, they weren't, they were going to be insolvent if everyone ran and snatched their ETH out. Like the people that didn't. At the same time. Yes. So they, they weren't going to have enough money to, 
because remember they're trying to like avoid liquidation so they have to keep as much assets on hand as possible if everyone redeemed their ETH and then I think so there's the stay count situation with 120 million walls of ETH so I'm going to quickly explain the stay count um, with stay count the third party had it and then they put it in a wallet then they worked with a fifth party called um, Fireblock and essentially Fire, they did not communicate to Fireblock that they needed to insert their key when unlocking the ETH into a physical wallet. So they then StakeHound reached out to a sixth party and did a key lock, but didn't tell Firehound to send their version of the key at the time. And then the ETH lent from Celsius to StakeHound was lost. And it's now locked in the wallet and unreachable. So, yeah. So that happened. But to me, I'm just like, well, that means you have no idea what you're doing if you thought that they were the appropriate people to reach out for that. Like, that's not okay. I just want to go over their article. Yeah, I don't know. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, why would you trust someone? Um, And then why would you just lend someone's ETH out? So that one was lost. And then there was a Badger DAO hack. They had a DAO hack um, and it had like at least 75 uh, Ethereum, well, 75 million dollars worth of Ethereum in it. Um, that hack happened and they never recovered the funds. So they're losing ETH on top of being like, on top of being liquidated, on top of lending out too much. It's just like, they're on a top lot. of freezing assets. They froze because... it because with losses, they don't have enough to match redemption. Right. Well, it, it they don't have people's crypto is why they're freezing it, I think. I'm and I think sure. that they're trying to, to buy back as much as they can um, so that they have something to be able to redeem um, while they are while they have the protocol frozen. I also know that they are um, pushing down the uh, um, at the price that they will get liquidated by purchasing more Bitcoin, I believe. Um, so now their liquidation price up, um, is if Bitcoin hits, I believe, like $14,000. That's insane. And then just to go over um, the stakeout situation, so Fireblock is the third, the, the fifth party involved in this. Um, they are a crypto service provider um, and stakeout accused them and they're actually suing them. So as a result, the Israeli-based Fireblock is being sued for alleged negligence. Um, oh, another. Do... So Stakehound is suing is, them. This is three times in one day, like that that we come across oh, Israel, um, yeah. something that is something that is Israeli connected. That's so funny and interesting. So earlier reports claim Fireblocks failed to back up half of the key it was holding on behalf of Stakehound that they needed to access the thirty-eight thousand. 178 stake ether which is a native token of ethereum fireblock ceo tells a different story according to shalove his company which completed a transfer of never of nearly 700 billion in digital assets since locked took stake count as a client in december under contracts for two services fireblocks custodial service which was handled as a part of the company's regular operations in a unique partnership to create code that generates a cryptographic password for a process called staking which pays cryptocurrency owners willing to lock up their assets to collateral. While Fireblock's core business appears to be growing strong, clients are increasingly looking for new ways to tap into the staking opportunities without compromising security. 
Um, it has nothing to do with our real service that we're providing to over 400 clients right now. None of our wallets of our clients were affected, including, by the way, Steakhound's wallets, which is weird, right? They're still using the wallet that we are providing for them. Fairly well, factual how is issue. nothing affected? How is nothing affected if 75 million was lost? So Something they have other accounts. So they're saying that they have other accounts with Steakhound. And this situation was on Steakhound because Steakhound is still using them as a provider for services for the keys. Okay, so they're so just like, saying that their Ethereum didn't get lost. Someone else's no, Ethereum they're saying, got lost. No, they're saying they're not responsible for the loss occurred because this situation was specifically with Steakhound because they went to a six, oh. a six party to add another key when they were not required to. So, yeah, and they still have other wallets outside of the Celsius conundrum that are with them. So it's like, well, if you're saying they lost it, why wouldn't you snatch all of your accounts if it's a security risk? So, um, hold on. Their actual Yeah, issues. that doesn't, exactly. none of that makes sense. None of that, mm -hmm. none of that makes sense to me. None of that sounds good. Like, I, I just, and, and for the people that, like, are putting their money into this stuff and and like actively using DeFi um, or, or protocols like this. Um, what are you doing? Like, what I is mean, going through your mind? It's fine on an individual level, but on a massive level, without watch. So, if I'm doing DeFi, I'm watching it. I'm charting. I'm I'm not charting, but I'm checking price. I'm checking the price of the assets to avoid impermanent loss. I'm you know I have a I have a, a calendar when I'm gonna pull my money out send it back to my wallet like i am hyper aware you cannot do this you. if you're not me i would not trust a company that is not hyper aware that's saying oh we're not a bank and just being so blase blah about millions to billions of other people's assets that's that's not like healthy well it's, i i just think that people just don't pay close enough attention because you think like okay this is a legitimate company Right, no, never was, and you know, and mm -mm. I just don't get how you can be, um, like a pseudo traditional entity in crypto, and like be trustworthy. Also, I I just it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it's like first commandment of crypto is not your keys, not your crypto. And then a company comes out of nowhere and is like, oh, hey, by the way, give us your crypto and like, we'll give you money back for it. Also, we're not a bank. Also, but, but listen, like, listen to that theme. It's 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 what the SEC has done. They have scared people so much that they have let people think that like, oh, well, I can get involved. But if I get involved via a third party or an ETF. Or even in my Roth IRA that I can't redeem for four years, that's safer. So, you right. know, traditional finance is scaring people and making people do things that they would do in traditional finance. This is not traditional finance. It wasn't created for that. So I think, you know, our show should be a testimony. Please research. Do your own thing. Because at the end of the day, you having control over your assets is going to be quicker for you to move it around than you having to wait to find out that they lost all your money. That's the, that's the whole point. And then also, just, um, they have they have the same clause that Coinbase has. I'm sure they had it before Coinbase had it in in their terms of service. I'm so but done with if, Coinbase. If they be, oh yeah, no, me too. I, I, did you I'll see? Did you, you see the Netherlands thing? 
I didn't, but when um before my my parents moved, I was trying to move my stepmom's um her XRP off of Coinbase and put her onto a ledger just mm-hmm. so that you know there's no issues when she's mm-hmm. out of the country, and um I, I just kept getting error messages and like nothing was sending and the the customer service ultimately it, it ended up being helpful um and. It, it, I just had like a really like annoying and unnecessary. I've had to help their customer experience. service before. I've had to like go through <laughs> things with them. It was very angry. I was very mad. I was like, okay. Y'all hiring? Uh, no, but yeah, I just um I I don't really care for Coinbase anymore. I don't care to use mm-hmm. any platform that has in their terms of service that if they become insolvent, that if they fuck their shit up, that they get to keep my money and they get to keep my assets no absolutely not i will have it on cold storage for the rest of my life yeah just use these platforms as windows to buy things from and take it out immediately but it's not meant to store things because so uh, okay so fireblocks and sacon they worked together to create a program that generated bls signatures very interesting i have no idea what this is um, then Stakehound then use the script to generate its own BLS signature outside of Fireblocks ecosystem and begin working with a third-party custodian, CoinCover, to back up the signature. After developing the program to generate the BLS key with Fireblocks, then use it to create its own key. Stakehound sent 338,178 ether worth 76 million at the time of writing to the Ethereum 2.0 smart contract. Slobs added that while the relationship was being set up, StakeHound did not want to keep the key with them for the entirety for security purpose and asked Fireblocks to hold on to half of it. He further stated that this request was spoken in agreement between Fireblocks and StakeHound rather than a contractual obligation. Their original agreement states that Fireblocks does not support BLS signatures as a part of their typical line of business and that they will introduce StakeHound to a third party they can store with. He declined to share the actual contractual agreement between the companies with Forbes, citing the pending lawsuit. The splitting of StakeHound's BLS key between StakeHound and Fireblocks is where things went typically wrong. The StakeHound never followed up with Fireblocks to tell them to send their half of the BLS key to CoinCover. In March, the Fireblocks computer where half of StakeHound's BLS signature was in cold storage failed, leaving StakeHound with half a password needed to recover the ETH locked in the Ethereum 2.0 smart contract. Shalove said the stakehound never told Fireblocks to send send their half of the BLS key to CoinCover or utilize a built-in two to verify that the backup was successful. The oversight was discovered in an annual disaster recovery deal conducted by Fireblocks in April. And 2nd of May, they were informed by one of their custody providers, Fireblocks, that the stake Ethereum may have been rendered inaccessible because of the failure by Fireblocks to secure the cryptographic key they required to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. So someone. What has do you to, like, mean half of the key? What do you like? This is stupid. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to process. <laughs> I'm really trying to process that right now because. What do you mean? You gave them half of the key. You didn't. It was a spoken agreement. What was, happened to the other half of the key? Well, basically, so you're telling me they lost it? No, no. So basically, when unlocking it, a stakehound went to a third party, the coin key people, and I guess they were supposed to submit the key together, but did not communicate to Fireblocks 
when to submit the key. And then Staycount tried to open it without submitting Fireblock's key because they didn't communicate. And I think it's locked. So well, Shalof, why didn't they communicate? Shalof emphasized that the holding this key fragment was not. So he emphasized that holding the key fragment was not part of Staycount's contract with Fireblocks, and the company always required the clients to back up their keys with a third party. He added that Staycount is still using Fireblocks custody for all of its crypto assets. Yeah. So basically, Staycount. And this is again just, just like just for continuity. So. This is the Celsius, first where they fucked up the first time. <laughs> so Celsius, so Celsius put like assets on on fireblocks. They staked their ETH with Stakeound. Okay, they okay. So Celsius staked their ETH with Stakeound, then Stakeound made a deal with fireblocks, and then that's where no Stakeound or, or they made a they created a a key to help verify the signer of the staking agreement to protect the asset but then they went okay. and had a third party for very they added a third party that they didn't agree to they had a third party back up the signature and then when Stakehound went to access it they didn't communicate with um fireblocks at the time so they fireblocks was supposed to send a half key that they never received basically and did celsius know at any point that like well obviously until uh, before this happened Probably not. That this was going to happen? No, Probably because you're, when you're using 27 people to complete one task, who's going to tell you? Which one of the 27? Again, you okay. can't... You know what I mean? You can be, so, just it's just it's giving negligence. It's giving, if you were my doctor, I would sue you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that was the first time they lost millions of dollars. Let's find the second. One second. Um, but yeah, this is negligence. I don't care even if this did happen, it shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have let it out to a party that, and you didn't know what they were doing or who they were working with. Like, it should be a contractual. So it's like, are they getting contracts when they lend the money out? Like, what is their protocol? I don't really, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't, none of that makes any sense to me. Like, that sounds like whatsoever. That sounds so irresponsible. It's like saying, hey, like, I let Billy borrow my money, but then Billy, like, took my money and then gave it to Tom, and then Tom, like, gave it to Jerry, and they put it in a bag, and now they don't remember where the bag is. It's like, okay, well, I didn't tell you to do any of that, so, like, none of these excuses work. Um, And then the users that are, are giving, that are putting their assets on Celsius have no idea either. No, because... That, that these things are being done with their assets because I don't think they're I don't think this is like Celsius's assets it's like user assets yeah that's why I said like them saying oh I'm paying out 80% of the yield like we're supposed to be grateful yeah because it's what your profit margin comes from so it's not something you should yeah. say you're grateful for him um so one second so yeah, that happened. I don't. I don't remember the guy's name. I did watch an interview. Um, and and like he's he's very prominent in like the financial world, but mm-hmm. he essentially like called out um Alex and was like, "This this is a Ponzi scheme. Like, mm-hmm. you're trading other people's money. It is like negligently. And, and also, and also, so this man um, 
there's one thing to like have someone that actually like I think Doquan really, really, really believed in like what he was doing. I like I I, I genuinely do. I, I think it was uh, still a Ponzi scheme, but I think he believed in the protocol, um, or or like just in crypto in general. And Alex said like essentially that like Bitcoin has no value in this interview with this guy yeah Uh, but then he's yeah but then he was saying that like oh bitcoin does have value and then like we're able to get yield on it and it's like how do you get yield on bitcoin how do you get yield on bitcoin what are you doing with it how are you getting that yield yeah because to to my knowledge you can't you can't stake bitcoin like there's no protocol to stake. Uh, i could be wrong we're gonna to my knowledge there's nothing to stake bitcoin on you can't stake it, but you have you would have to deposit it into one of the lending protocols and lend it out. So that's right. why he didn't answer it because it would have to be a clarification as to what you're doing with your funds. Um, mm-hmm. But then also in the same note, you're saying that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value. That the um, that the intrinsic value of Bitcoin is that of the intrinsic value of gold or fiat money, which is just the belief that people put in it or the value that people associate to it. Which I guess, like, if we want to get into like. You, he just shouldn't be making comments. Yeah, no. he's not the one. And this to is be getting and this philosophical is, about crypto. And he was saying this interview took place before this happened, right? And yeah, um, he's really bad at interviews. So, like it's my god. Well, if you're a liar, you're gonna be bad at interviews. No, he's like I guess to someone who is not well versed in studying psychos, um, like would see him as being like a friendly older man i think it's that i think they wanted someone older relatable because it's like hey i'll use your platform you seem to be trustworthy you're an older man that seems to know something about finance and well i wouldn't say necessarily relatable but i would say trustworthy because like i can't relate to that guy but no but you would see someone that looks like they're in like a, a like a higher position of authority or like a higher you know place in the world and um no it's relatable because look at the people who are using celsius People who use Celsius are people who are lazy DeFi traders, right? It's either lazy DeFi traders throwing their assets that they made from trading and like dumping it in there, like extra yield, whatever. But most are probably like older investors, like old, yes. older crypto investors no, that no, no, no. they feel because since they know um, no, the it's not older space better. No, older crypto investors isn't no. like that's no. So it's people who the same people who like Anchor, they like took their house equity took their their savings money and like this is okay because it works like it's like a a a meal it's fine so it's like older people people who don't know very much about crypto people who wanted to be tax aversive people who didn't want to have to pay for every single fee and transaction so by Mm -hmm. so again it's like the average mid-range 35 to 40 to 50 not knowing very much but seeing the yield um right and another thing with the yield is they're evil because they, you know, they're sell token, right? And this is why we can talk about the whole sell thing, but I don't care what happens with that because at the end of the day, they were offering higher interest rates on all assets to be repaid in sell tokens. But remember, they just made the sell token. Exactly. So it's like you're giving away. What is something. what is the purpose of it? Yeah, what is the, the sell token and other than to serve as a as a mode of, of of exactly free redemption for them that doesn't like cost that. them very much. Yeah. I don't like that. So I don't then like that. it's that also doesn't make any sense. 
It's also an ECR20 token. So they just made them, minted them, and it only benefits them if the price grows. And, like, everyone's trying to raise the price up because of the order. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I respect protecting people's investments, but that should have never been an option to pay people higher yields in that token because it only benefits Celsius if it grows in price, if that makes any sense. Like, it's like, oh, God, people mm-hmm. are redeeming it, so I don't have to pay them crypto. I can just keep paying them this well, token. It's- and if it goes right, down, it's not my fault. I'm paying them less. Literally, it's like if I'm like, okay, give me, give me dollars, and I'm gonna pay you back in buttons. <laughs> oh my god, that was the best reference I've heard about this situation. Like, <laughs> like I just that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. Like, again, I'm smart, but I'm also not that smart. So if 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 it just doesn't make any sense, if I can't break it down, if I don't like. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. Also, uh, I've had to learn, and I think um, both of us learned this, like, early on in our trading and our investing journeys, is that, like, we have to be grateful and show gratitude for for the money that we do make and not to be greedy because when you're greedy, that's when you get burned. When you're greedy, is that's when the market starts to bite you back. Like, you have to to be very thankful. I found the interview. Hold on. Yo, that guy was yelling at him. It was like it was it was a little spicy, and he was getting very spicy with the moderator as well. I appreciate it. I appreciated his energy. Well, because you can only fool so many people. Like people who are like actually like me and you. Like we've never used any of these protocols. Like all of this happening. No. is like it's we're like literally like damn. People actually use it. Like wow. Like I, that's how I feel. I feel really bad because I just thought it was common sense. Like. Yo, like, because remember when all of these platforms were made, you could not withdraw. So if I can't withdraw my things instantly, I don't use it. Like, I don't use it. I don't touch it. Like, my money's not on it. I'm not connecting a card. No Because I don't even interest. know. I don't even know if you guys are, accent, are actually, like, processing the transactions on the blockchain or if you've made a UI that simply shows that you charge my card for this amount. It, uh, showing what the, because you can, I study UI. You can literally make it look yeah you can as- you can do that or you can make it look like h- how do we know that it's actually there if we can't see it on the blockchain and and then you're telling me that i can't make withdrawals like off rip like ult- uh, eventually they got to a point that people were able to make withdrawals but why wasn't that like a an automatic thing to me you're, you're telling me that you're getting the first suckers you're doing whatever you're gonna do with their stuff you're letting them think that it's still on there and then once you've like established yourself up to a point to where you can sustain other people withdrawing or those initial people like beginning to, to take their withdrawals, like that's what you're doing. Um, nah, dog, that's a no for me. And the other issue that, with that is no that the issue with it too is that he was going on Twitter yelling at people like, well, you can always withdraw from us. Like, and yeah, he was doing the dope one. He was doing yeah. the dope one. And then the day he did that, and he got real. And, and, he he got, and then he ended up and deleting the, the tweet. And then next day, no redemption, no withdrawals. I'm yeah, same lying. thing, same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like him because it's like, don't. And also, like, he deleted the tweet. At least Doquan left his tweets up. I have a little I, bit of I respect can find for it. that. I feel like I saved him. So respect for that. Um, but, but yeah, it's. it's... it's oh, just, here. It's I found it. I got it. Yay. So this was like right before i think it was like the day before Hold on, let me see. 
I hope retail can get out. I've been hearing all of, all of these accounts locked. That would be similar to Luna. We shall see. Mike, do you know one person who has a problem with drawings from Celsius? Why spread FUD and misinformation? Uh, if you're paid for this, then let everyone know that you're picking sides. Otherwise, our job is to fight trade fight together. Six, uh, 11, I remember. 22. I remember reading this, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this tweet. I think I may have retweeted it, but I definitely remember seeing this tweet. And oh my goodness. Oh my okay. goodness. And he literally did the dope one. And I also want everyone to know, saying the word FUD is gaslighting in crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when people say that when someone is... Because it's like, um, people should be able to ask questions. Like, you know? like it's Right. If, money. if your automatic response is FUD, then like, why are you... Why, why don't you want me to be fearful, doubtful, or uncertain? Okay. So why are you so angry about that? Why are you mad? And then another tweet. If you don't have free and unlimited access to your own funds, are you really your funds? This age, like an avocado in the sun on a hot sun. Yo, they day. still have they still have unbank yourself on unbank their yourself on their website. Saucy, it's so strange, so strange. Only if you could actually unbank yourself, you would not be in this situation today. I'm trying to find because this like I got a homie who his bank froze his whole bank account. You feel me? Like he can't withdraw any of his funds either. And that sounds very banky to me. But that's what I'm trying to say to people. It's like no one signed up for this platform because they wanted this to happen. This is not No, of course not. This is Um I just think I, I really think that one, people are greedy and two, they don't think very critically. No. And three, like so, God, people just aren't that smart. So that message was like the 11th, June 13th. I'm trying to find the date. So I think it was like two days later. But um, yeah, I think it's just like making people feel safe, you know? Like you make people feel safe. You set it up like this is fine. This is chill. It's not as much work. And you lead people into an illusion. And it's like when other projects go, when other projects do it, you know, again, I think you should invest based on like your your risk management and your research, right? But when these platforms come up, you're not allowed to really do research. It's kind of like trust me, trust me, bro. And like you know, uh, we can even talk about Bitboy. You know how Bitboy was doing an AMA with him two weeks before. Bitboy, Bitboy's I don't what? on my shit list. Mm-mm. He got paid for it. He had a referral code and got paid with it. And then he tried to leave the lawsuit, and it was just like you took a check last week for them. So it's like we can't trust these platforms that don't allow well, us Bitboy's, to. Bitboy's assets are, he's not able to withdraw his either. I bet he feels dumb because he, he should. He's not, no, so in the in the video that I sent you earlier today, um, before I told, the one before I told you um, to, no, it was it was the one that said like how to get like your assets off of Celsius. Yeah. Um, it was the joint yeah, class. So in that. Right. So in that in that um video, um I, I believe it was a Moon Lambo video. I love that name. Um, but I believe it was a Moon Lambo video and, and he said that um like Bitboy essentially said that like yeah, like that um he can't he can't get his assets off and that they are insolvent, allegedly, but apparently they're insolvent. 
Um, but the thing about it is, why would he feel that it's okay to use his platform and his fan base to go on an AMA with him and mislead people? And it's just like, we have to have some integrity in the crypto community. I would never, I've always been like, don't touch that. Like, that's stupid. Like, don't do that. Like, I've always been like, and, I, and I'm pretty sure he's aware that even if it does pay a rate, that there is risk. And he is a very smart person. But I've also seen like his rates for his, like what he charges. He makes like 90, mm-hmm. he makes like 20 grand for a shout out. So all I'm saying is that exactly, exactly. You knew what it was. But that's what, like, obviously a, a reason why we're doing this is, is, you know, for the reach, right? But it, it's not worth it to me to like be dishonest and mislead someone for, for 20 grand. Or, or for because, any amount of money. It's just not worth it to me. Because when I research projects and I want someone to be involved in this space, I don't want their first time to be like, yo, I can't get my money out. What's going on? And then I'm there. Right. And then, you know, so I'm not normally, and I'm really, you know, I really don't recommend projects to people. I recommend research. I'm like, oh, this is fun thing, but I am never one to recommend a project because I know things can go left every day. I'm, I'm ready to go zero to 100 all the time. That's just me. Like, but I also don't invest right. in, in projects that don't look legitimate from the start because all of my investments stand with the tech. And if well, you've again, noticed, yes, it's, I mean, I don't care about price right now. Price, price is irrelevant to me. It's about tech I and what it actually care does. about the technology. Right. Exactly. And, and again, whether or not it's going to be useful or if it solves real world problems, like not something that's there just for fun. Like if you have a company that is creating a token just so that they can pay you back in it, like you are the, you are the liquidity. You're simply the liquidity for the project and they need more liquidity and they're always going to need more liquidity. That part. But they're not going to know how to navigate the space when they run out of liquidity, and then all the dominoes fall. Simply put, it's gonna it's gonna keep happening like this, and that's why all of this is happening because you're dealing with people who don't know how to deal with these assets because they're not technology based. They are literally just like, oh my god, money, and playing with right. it like they're little kids. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And now, like they're they're. They may or may not be bailed out, which I don't agree with. This this one. So, yes, absolutely. Peter Schiff, that's that guy's name. Before we get into it, whoever bails them out, they're going to do what I think they're going to do. They're going to buy everyone's assets and keep it. And I think oh, yeah. if you have any ounce of a soul, you are a horrible person if you think that that's okay. You cannot buy stolen goods and keep them. And, and Apparently... Apparently no. it's gonna be Goldman. Apparently it's gonna be Goldman. Um, or allegedly, like that's who they're who they're talking to. But yeah. um, from from what okay. I read and from what I understand, that it's gonna be Goldman that um is probably going to end up buying them out. Good. More um, money for and you. And then than I think. Them. Good. I hope it's Goldman. That way the lawsuit's bigger. <laughs> the checks bigger. The class action checks bigger. It's not right. Um, but apparently like they're only gonna like return users like a fraction of whatever or that they're gonna wait until everything just gets really really low um so that they can buy it they can buy it on the dip and then when they buy it obviously the price is gonna go up and then they keep the profit and they just like give they return to people at whatever the price like they were insolvent at um, I feel like everyone should just start suing them now. Just start the lawsuits because it's like, no, this is like, I'm not being rude, but like, this is it. This is ridiculous. 
12 days, no response, nothing done, no communication. Well, so that's, that's like, what people, people are doing. So they're, they're trying to like find like a legal workaround, um, to like, you know, so, submit like a formal complaint or like a like some kind of legal document um saying that like basically like you have my money i'm sending it to this judge like hey judge like they have my money they're not responding they're not doing anything and if so many people do it in addition to the fact that celsius got so much shit going on that they're not going to like have the time or capacity to then like respond to any of those letters from any of their users then those users win by default. So I think it, it may come to a point to where all these people have to get their money back legally. Um, and then it might um, deter Goldman or whoever was considering buying them out from buying them out at that point. And then well, they're just, you know, by themselves. Remember, they still have all that ETH at stake in the ETH 2.0 contract. So they're basically... the they screw themselves over because they really can't do anything until that ETH is unlocked. And we don't even know how that merge is physically going to go because everyone's making it sound like, Oh, it's just a little switch down the street. It's literally forking a blockchain, but not forking a blockchain It's very more technical than that. And again, that needs to be tested and proven. And mm -hmm. some of, you know, some of the pre-merges on some of the test nets, they had some issues and bugs. So now we have to wait until that happens. And then the bugs have to be worked out. And then I think they have to do the sharding process. And then hopefully in 2023, you will see that ETH. But they need that ETH now. And that's the problem. That's why they're trying to buy them. Because they know even if they are bankrupt, they they are not fully bankrupt because of the ETH that is staked. So the issue, the issue, the long-term issue with that too, is that when that ETH is unlocked, that's why I think they should be sued. Because even when the ETH is unlocked, they may not have enough to be redeemable to original provider. And upon right. that note, they should be sued because at the end of the day, why don't you guys have a separate um, amount that's separate from client deposits that you're trading with? It shouldn't be all of clients' deposits. It should be a percentage. How are you trading with everyone's deposit? That doesn't even make sense. Like even I can give you like great- And deal. all of it, like that's real bold and real confident. Like I wish I had that level of confidence. I would rule the world. I mean, you wouldn't even do this even if you had, because you just like this. Well, no, no, I, I wouldn't be a horrible person. But damn, if I have that level of confidence, I'd be willing the world. No, but risk management is key in crypto. I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have risk management, you'll never survive it. You'll never survive. Well, risk risk management is is key in life, right? You don't you don't want to to ever give more or risk more than what you are willing to lose. Like only risk what you are willing to lose. And if you're not willing to lose anything, then you shouldn't be risking anything. But I think that's the thing with them is just like, they don't care about the risk analysis because it's not their money. And they may Well, I'm also fine. saying, I'm saying user end. I'm saying yeah. on, on like the, the individual end. If, if you're right. not willing to risk, but institutions should be held to a higher standard than individuals. Because why are you so over leveraged? But the why are the, uh, we've too. seen so many financial crises, like global financial crises, due to like greed and just like mm -hmm. over leveraging, and, and and it's just not sustainable. It's never sustainable. It's never going to be sustainable. So you can only do it for so long before everything comes crashing down, and just like the smugness to go on TV 
and and be called out by this guy who like and be rude I, to him. I, yeah very rude. yeah and be rude to him rude. i advise everyone to watch this whole interview like on their own time i like i love it um but yeah it's just no it's just no and um one comment i wanted to make so what is the sec doing because this and this is an i just want to make this clear in this video so sec is honestly not even supposed to be touching crypto they're just messy and have a lot of free time on their hands, right? And they're making it their duty to regulate loosely based air quotes, right? But an institution like this, and you've sued BlockFi, you've sued a lot of these neobanks, you had you you're aware that this isn't safe for people to use. Why weren't they stopped before this happened? Because they were aware. They did speak to them. Like how you guys were aware of the potential risk with platforms like BlockFi, um, Celsius and uh, Voyager. You guys were aware that they may or may not be using risk management. They have a lot of assets on hand. You, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of issues. To me, I feel like that is the that is where you start regulation. Those are entities that are still like within the bounds of you know U.S. frameworks to address. Right? They're not fully mm-hmm. decentralized companies. They are still legal companies um, that have you know holdings in the U.S. Why wouldn't you? Well, this is a wholly centralized company. It's not even like there's not even a little bit of decentralization about it. There, this is wholly centralized. Why aren't this is why aren't, this is a traditional company? Why isn't Voyager and Celsius in court right now? Like they literally should be having XRP should not be having a lawsuit that they're having. These people should be in a lawsuit with SEC right now. And the fact that they always like to walk around like crypto needs regulation. Like no, you need to know how to issue regulation for centralized companies using crypto because they're literally the reasons why we're in this mess right now. If we took the time. And honestly, I feel like, I feel like this would meet the definition of a security because it's like, you're expecting to like receive gains based off of the work of others. The work of others is the trading, even though they didn't admit to it, but obviously that's what they were doing is the trading of Celsius, like using your assets to make money to give you a yield. That's the work of others, dog. Like, And you're in recorded interviews stating that you pay out 80% of your profits to users, which is typically done when you're offering a security. I, I just, but again, I guess it's not a primary concern to protect investors in reality. Um, I'm gonna play this video. I'm just frustrated, honestly. Potentially but, yes. Are, are you moderating this, or are you just there here to tout Bitcoin too? Is that your main goal of I'm, Bitcoin? I'm here to so, play both yeah, sides. I, I, yeah, I'm making a point here. You don't need to argue with me. My I'm, point I'm is highlighting that, the price facts, Peter. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead I, I know point. that. I know that. But let me finish making my point. You're the moderator. Right? I know, and, and I will continue to do so. But yes, finish your I know, point. but you're clear, so I can make my own case. No problem. You're clearly biased, and I get that. You're part of the shills out there that are trying to get people to buy Bitcoin. You probably have a bunch of Bitcoin advertisers. And my point is, we've had an unprecedented amount of money spent advertising Bitcoin. I mean, I, every time I turn on financial television, all I see, one commercial after another, highly produced, very slick, Madison Avenue campaign, trying to get people to buy Bitcoin or some other crypto. All of this push, massive amounts of money spent, all kinds of retail people getting sucked in and the price hasn't gone up. So what that tells me is that there's massive distribution going on. The stronger hands that got in early have been pumping this market up 
and they are gradually unloading their digital tokens to the public. They're spending all this money to con people into buying what they want to sell. And yeah, you have some people that have Johnny come lately that have been attracted by the greed, which always happens at tops of every bubble. Some of the people who were negative early on throw in the towel, they capitulate, uh, they need to get in on it because they've missed up, they've missed so much action. And you get some people that come in and that's happened. But the momentum is going to drop. Bitcoin is going to crack. Maybe once it gets back down below 20,000, you'll have a lot more selling coming in. I think a lot of people have taken out loans against their Bitcoin, which they hadn't been able to do in the past. So you have a leverage bet now among the hodlers. I think when the margin calls come, there's not going to be a way to meet them. You're going to have forced liquidation. There's not going to be anybody to take the other side of the trade. It's not like you got a bunch of shorts in Bitcoin that are going to cover. Uh, it's just going to fall into a vacuum. The whole market is going to implode. Uh, you know, the losses are going to be right. horrific. So, it, it, well, it doesn't Al take catalyst. I, I it doesn't. Alex, Peter, let's touch on Peter's point of leverage because that has been a new development with Bitcoin. And there are a lot of people there that have taken out uh, a lot of leverage against their Bitcoin trades. And as we know, when that happens, uh, it can cause a collapse very, very quickly and very, very suddenly. So what's your answer to that, Alex? Well, we, we again, I'm not talking hypotheticals, right? I mean, again, we, we have a million and a half customers. Like you said, they hold over $25 billion worth of digital currencies, mostly Bitcoin. And when I give you facts, these are facts uh, from the community. It's not some hyperbole from what they, uh, this person thinks or that person thinks. So uh, we don't see much leverage in the, in the system. And the recent drop rate, by, by the way, from 69 to 60 was all liquidations on people who were uh, on margin. So meaning there's almost no margin left at that 55 to 60,000 level, right? So what's happening with Bitcoin every a year or two is that a new base is being established, right? The the new the base used to be uh, fifteen thousand. Explain support and resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to ask a question. I'm sorry. I'm very disturbed. <laughs> yes, he did just mansplain support and resistance. Oh, <laughs> so confused. The clip's gonna be five oh, minutes. Um. <laughs> then it became 29,000. Now it's probably 45 to 50,000. And you're just not going to see Bitcoin go below that for a variety of reasons. And, and look, below this is for every time he's wrong below oh God, those price like... levels. So Which price Peter, level? look, it's, it's not too late to buy Bitcoin, uh, you know, <laughs> well, and, and it, no, it's time for I... a shift. Peter, it's time yeah, for if, a shift. If, no, if I want to lose money, it's not too late. I could buy Bitcoin and lose a bunch of money. I, I, I understand. I have a hard time believing that all of the margin debt somehow has been liquidated on the move back to 59,000, that now there are no more people who have debt this on their Bitcoin. I, there's no way that that's the truth. All, all exchanges yeah. disclose the, all the positions. They tell you exactly how many people are long, how many are shorts. Part of how Celsius creates yield is by lending to these institutions, to exchanges and institutions who are putting in the long or short positions. So, so we know so exactly. Okay, so so he says that he's only lending to exchanges and institutions, right? So in theory, that would be great. But I think he was doing a little bit of that, but he was using DeFi protocols more. 
that's the problem. And I think this is his his excuse. This was his original excuse. It was I am basically so I'm Celsius. I'm lending ten million of uh, crypto to Coinbase, right? Like that's what we do. Gentle, it's an institution. That's normal, right? That's not what he was doing. He's a liar. And like for him to say that is so. Don't you think that's weird? It's really weird. Yeah. Why would you like lie about your lending practices? And I'm sorry. What is the leverage? Isn't by the way. I just wanted to say I, to say so confidently that um, that the support is not going to be broken <laughs> in Bitcoin. Like, sir, do you know? What do you know do? what you're saying? So I'm really. Do you know what you're saying? He now gives me he gives me grifter vibes. Like he doesn't really even know, like the core. No, because. Of- you know like because personality if you know anything about if you know anything about crypto and like uh, and the market cycles you know that you're gonna see like an 80 percent retracement from all-time highs mm-hmm. and that's, that's not normal. just in bitcoin that's like literally in anything like an 80 percent retracement from an all-time high is normal so if you're saying if bitcoin's top so far has been sixty nine thousand, and you're saying that we're not going to retrace below fifty thousand. Like that's psychotic. You're alive. And this man really just said this like on TV. Calmly, like calmly, like baby, be quiet. With ease and confidence. I just don't. And wrong. I just. Okay, let's watch him lie a little bit more. The way, if you want to join our risk department, we need people who are anti-Bitcoin to come and tell us all the things we should do. Yeah, are you talking about just your book of business or throughout the entire world? You're telling me that there's no more leverage on Bitcoin, that all the loans have been repaid? We are dealing with 300 counterparties, right? So we watch the entire market. I'm not saying there's no leverage. I'm just telling you that the retail, you're talking about retail people buying on leverage. You can measure that very, very easily, right? That is something that is available. Uh, uh, you, you can go to uh, uh, Open Glass, or you can go to a bunch of Masari. All of these platforms show you exactly the leverage. There is. Yeah. Let's put it this way: the stock market is at all-time leverage, right? The leverage yeah. in the stock market is the highest it's ever been in history. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm look, the stock market's a bubble too. I'm not going right. to deny that's that. That's a bubble of wow. hundreds of trillions of dollars. So which well, just one because is Bitcoin, bubble? just because which Bitcoin is, is only bubble. It, 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 the, the, Bitcoin the is a bigger market, bubble in that the, the stock market, market has look, the dollar market or the crypto market. Look, the crypto the, the market, stock market, this the stock market is overvalued, right? Bitcoin has no, no value. One hundred percent of its Bitcoin price is right. bubble. So, Alex, does Bitcoin have intrinsic value? And so, just like gold and just like the dollar, uh, Bitcoin derives its value from the fact that other people derives value to it or has certain value. Gold has zero value, okay? Yes, you can use it in, in uh, you know, jewelry and you can use it to build the high high fidelity that electronic- a crack. Because- <laughs> Like right before this video started, he was in the back doing some things. Because- this man just went on live television and said that gold has no and value. And said that Bitcoin, well, that, yeah, but you're, so you're comparing Bitcoin to gold and you're saying gold has no intrinsic value. But that's one of the And Bitcoin's again, we can, comparison. we can philosophize, 
we can philosophize about like what what worth means right um but oh my goodness so you're you're saying how can you say that like it's not a bubble and it's not going to go below this but then you compare it to something that you say has no intrinsic value and then even like as a whole of of bitcoin gold and fiat you're saying that all of their value derives from the value that people put into it meaning that there's no intrinsic value right because intrinsic is that it's valuable on its own i don't need to tell you that it's valuable to make it valuable it's already valuable on its own right um and then and then to to try to um like divide the the stock market and bitcoin when there's so many companies on the stock market that have bitcoin on their balance sheets like i've never seen someone talk so like absently and you're you, this is the ceo <laughs> behind billions of dollars uh, and just be so wrong it's just it's like, just wrongness that is coming wow. out of his mouth is the loud and wrong though that's a specific type of wrong <laughs> like you could be wrong but like quiet like oh well i don't know charlie you know like really gentle but like to be confident and to just speak so negatively and have no concern and these these this is this is the man you're leaving all your money with when you deposit into celsius his leadership right someone that just says words to say words and for no other reason equipment but that doesn't mean it has any value so so the point is it, it it since all the value is derived from the fact that all of us vote with our pockets for gold dollars or for bitcoin and the vote has been casted over the last 13 years there's no argument about which one of these assets is the one that people trust right? Or at least the people who decided to migrate their dollars from the fiat system. So we're not talking about a hypothetical. We're talking about $3 trillion that migrated from the fiat world to the crypto world. And since we all vote for it every day, right? We vote to huddle. We vote to basically not use uh, the, the Bitcoin as a form of payment. We, fo- we only use it as a form as a store of value, right? Again, the dollar is a phenomenal you form of payment. You say it has no intrinsic value? Like you just, you just stated. Can How can something not be valuable, but then, but then have a store, a store of value? value? Because the, th- the thought and of you're store saying of value it's... is based on being valuable and having that asset. And you're saying it's only valuable because people place value into it? Like really, I, I feel like, I feel like, again, if you're just not that smart and you're like, oh yeah, CEO of a company and you just are easily impressed and you hear this guy talking, you're probably like, yeah, this man is saying some things. And it's like, mm, he's just saying words. It's literally like watching Trump speak. He's just like, saying when, words. When people just say things, anything that makes sense to you and you're just like, oh yeah, sure. Like this man is using words. We like words. Payment, but it's a horrible store of value. Bitcoin is exactly the opposite. It's a mirror image. It's the other side of the coin because it's an f- exceptional store of value, but it's a bad form of payment. All right, Peter, let's uh, have... I'm sorry, that's Bitcoin? also not what mirror image means. That's not what mirror image means. And half the maxis want Bitcoin to be an adoption of payment. So like, why would you say that? Because it's either like the whole the whole fundamental, like we want to use Bitcoin, right? It's supposed to be a store of value and even an easy payment system. We all know that there are other ones that have better usage of each, you know, theory. 
Um, but that is there. Like if, if someone was wearing a Bitcoin shirt, that would be on the Bitcoin shirt. Like those two themes. I think Bitcoin so, was a great prototype. It was. It is. It's like the mother. Bitcoin is like. Yeah, the I, I think it's, it's a great blueprint. prototype. I think like AIM, like how AIM Instant Messenger was a great prototype and like a segue into like iMessage. Um, th- like Bitcoin is like AIM. That, that's no, what I see Bitcoin as. But. I have you respond to yeah. Alex's notion that consensus has already made the decision. All right. Look, first of all, yeah, of course people want to buy Bitcoin. They don't want it because they want to use it as a medium of exchange. They don't want it as a replacement for the dollar or the euro. They think they're going to get rich. People want to buy Bitcoin because they think it's going to the moon, right? They don't think that's going to happen to gold. They know it's not going to happen to the dollar. So, but when people actually want a alternative to fiat money, something that can be both a store of value, a unit of account and a medium of exchange, then they would want to have your tokens backed by gold much more than Bitcoin. Bitcoin can never be a store of value. You could buy Bitcoin today at 60,000 and in a month it could be at 10,000. It could be lower. It's not a store of value. Just because it went way up, that's a speculative asset. That's not a stable conservative store of value. All you're looking at is a small window of time And you're seeing this huge 10-year bubble where people have gambled and gotten rich holding something that's basically intrinsically worthless. And when you say something like gold has no value, well, basically, according to you, nothing has any value. There's no value in anything, and it's all worthless. And therefore, we might as well buy Bitcoin because nothing on this earth has any actual value. And so, okay, then we can just describe value. No, you said gold is worthless. Gold has no value. That is such nonsense. All right, Alex, let Peter finish that thought. I said all three of them derive their value from exactly the same source, which is- No, they don't. Well- No, 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 they don't. They do. Gold, no. Bitcoin. You agree that that behind the US dollar, there's about $100 trillion of unfunded liability. Look, I I agree that the dollar is a problem. Bitcoin is not the solution to that problem. It's a bigger problem. Bitcoin is is 100% fake. Alex, let's, let's address Peter's point of whether Bitcoin is indeed a currency or a store of value asset, or is it a speculative asset? Because that was one of the counterpoints that Peter was making. So let's tackle that issue. Wait, uh, is again, I can say- crypto? <laughs> um, uh, I, I believe so. I believe okay. so. I, I he feel said, like he's like a Jamie Dimon. But the argument but, he has could be applied to fiat. Like the, the whole, you know, in the, it was on a legal document, well, but like the faith of the US dollar is the faith of the US government, maybe. Well, well, so it's not it's not only the faith of the U.S. government, it's the the weapons and the arms and the might and the force and the violence of the U.S. government and the U.S. military. That is what keeps the dollar dominant. It's violence. It's not, oh, we really trust America. It's damn, we really don't want America to fuck our shit up. And and that's it like yeah but violence violence is what is what backs up the u.s dollar Um, half our population like like our population like mostly died during covid then the other half hates us because of abortion rights taken away the third part of it are trump supporters that don't believe in voting and participating in the united states government like how strong are we like loosely based but we hmm. still we got we got nukes 
We got the nukes. We got you know, there's the like 40,000 people that can't be in the military anymore because they weren't vaccinated. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that gold is a speculative asset. Because but when you focusing buy gold, on Bitcoin, but focusing on Bitcoin, should we be looking at it as a currency Bitcoin, or store of value? Gold and U.S. dollars are all speculative assets. They're all speculative <laughs> assets. Why? Because they all depend every day on are there more buyers or sellers? Okay, the value of, of dollars is determined every day by how many buyers and sellers show up for the U.S. dollar. And against all odds, the U.S. dollar is increasing in value, right? In the last few weeks, against all odds, with the inflation numbers and the bond markets freezing and the COVID and everything else, more and more people are buying dollars. So because yes, and when there's this uncertainty, people feel more safe with the U.S. dollar than with other fiat currencies. And, and the same way that the U.S. dollar goes up and down in value, gold goes up and down in value, the same way oh, Bitcoin same. goes up and down in value. The, the rules are exactly the same. Claiming no, that okay. one of them is somehow different than another. So why yes, are you, it, you, you, like you, mining, like the miners like selling it during times of need? And then like, I don't understand, like why wouldn't you bring up fundamental ways that like Bitcoin and crude value, like this conversation like is really weird. It's like someone who doesn't know crypto, like it's, it's really weird. But also you're saying that it's, that you're, so you're comparing as first off i'm sorry i'm it's so just long. it was so absurd i'm still processing it like the dollar is not a speculative asset like it's yes you can trade on the dxy right but like yes you can trade on the dxy but it's not like people aren't like oh i think the dollar is gonna go up to two dollars tomorrow like i'm speculating i don't think yeah. the dollar is gonna be worth a dollar in one cent no like that shit's going between like 96 and a dollar on the dxy um, but in reality the price is fixed so it's not a speculative asset right or, you know things right will be worse and then, than and then the are. same thing the same thing with gold like okay we can we can speculate on on the price of gold but also like gold is is kind of fixed like yes it does have its really fat jumps and it's really big moves cool but it's like it's a rare to just to just compare Right, to just compare like the the movement, the mechanisms, just the level of speculation on Bitcoin versus gold that has been like the last asset to be created in like ever has been gold. Up mm. until up until Bitcoin. I just don't get how they're how they're comparable. Like, people aren't speculating on gold the way they're speculating on Bitcoin. The last 12 years of Bitcoin have been pure speculation. Is I wonder if someone prepped him. Like, does he have a PR agent? Like, do they have a team? Is it just him? We have to review the Celsius team. Yeah. So I'm you, all right, you were miss. You are missing the fundamental difference here. I mean, when people demand dollars, it's because they need them to settle transactions. People are still using the dollar as a medium of exchange. First of all, all Americans need dollars to pay taxes. I mean, because taxes are required to be paid in dollars. So there's always going to be demand. But people are buying oil, OPEC prices, oil in dollars. There are all sorts of global trades that are, are settled in dollars. There's an entire bond market. Uh, you know, in, that, that is in dollars. So the world is using dollars. Now, I agree, eventually they'll stop uh, because they, they shouldn't be using dollars, but they are. So there's demand. 
there is demand for gold. I mean, only about two trillion of gold's what thirteen trillion market cap is investors holding gold. The rest of it is uh, used in industry or central banks hold it as their, their main uh, reserve, other than fiat. But most of it is used. I mean, it's used in jewelry. It's used in electronics. There are people who need gold, and they buy gold every day because they need it. Nobody needs Bitcoin for anything. Yes, the like, only, like, only people. Right, let me let me finish. The only people buying Bitcoin are people who think the price is going to go up. You know, earlier you said this, the institutions buying Bitcoin prove that it's the new store of value. The only thing Bitcoin proves is that P.T. Barnum was right. There's a sucker born every minute, and those suckers are buying Bitcoin. This is without a doubt the biggest scam I've seen in my entire investment career. Of all the bubbles that I've witnessed, from the dot com, the housing. I understand what he's saying in conversation and comparison because if you if you think you about have lost yet to this year, so talk, like you'd be like, all right, but like, what are your plans? Bitcoin is great, and like, what you know, and it's like I feel that because like Jack Dorsey, Jack Dorsey, you know, like they don't describe it from like a growth perspective. It's just like this is this is what it is. We love well, it. Well, Bitcoin is primarily a marketing campaign, and, yeah. and he made that point earlier. It's it, no, that is like, true. I mean, like, I think it's it's like if you had the so, and what I think I've said previously, it's like if you got Bitcoin before when it was like a, a few hundred dollars, you won. Like that was it. Like that was it. You won. That's it. Like right. But playing the Bitcoin I, I, I game would even now go so far as to say that. But I I, yeah. I would also go so far as to say that I and you know my feelings on Ethereum, but. I would go so far as to say that I think that Ethereum has a lot more value and use case than Bitcoin does. Mm, so I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna problems. cut this out. No, Ethereum is the problem. It is the root to all evil. Now oh, that we no, uh, Ethereum is a humongous problem. But at, at a minimum, my thing always goes back to nobody even knows who created Bitcoin. But but let's but aside like I think that's because in in theory. I think it, it's like saying I'm an artist. It's like, what is that artist Banksy? Like Banksy, you know what I mean? But if we knew Banksy's identity, the the mystery would be revealed because it's about the work. It's not about the founder's identity. I think we're so caught up in like, who's the founder? And like, shit's annoying. And, and in reality, it's like, yes, some for sketchy projects, yes, I, I would like to know the founder, right? But if it's like based on the tech, I don't think that really matters. I think like we're just learning about the tech and like I like the fact that I don't know who Satoshi is because I think if I knew who Satoshi is, it would just bring up so many questions and they would actually probably have to like lock him in a room and be like, why the fuck did you do this? So well, if, and- if, a, if so, that is thinking that Satoshi is an individual and not a government, I have so many questions because I don't know who it is. I just, I can mentally understand like even let's say like we make a product, right? Now, we have to remember, if we were to publish a cryptocurrency blockchain or a DAP or project, whenever someone thinks of that project, they would refer to us. Our whole identity, lifestyle, image is now attached to our project. And then let's say in the case of Ethereum, where you have shady co-founders that ruin your life, like whatever they do is reflected on the entire project, even though people understand that a decentralized project has so many aspects that goes into it. Now, like, your whole identity is tied to something. Wouldn't you rather work freely from that and just work and create and create a medium and, like, just keep developing and, like, be loosely attached to it? But I don't think I would ever want to be the full founder of a cryptocurrency project 
knowing everything that's happening in this space. And I actually respect like the anonymous I get that. of it. In certain cases based on the tech. In certain cases. I get that. Also with like regulations, like half the companies that were like formed in the US are like being sued. So like it's you know You can't sue someone that's anonymous. Also that it's yeah. hard pretty hard to bring them in I court. get that. Like so Again, but think about it. A decentralized organization is supposed to be decentralized. It's not supposed to have a founder. It's not supposed to have a leader. It's supposed to be a group of developers working together to mm-hmm. build shit. This whole, like, it's like tur- they're turning it into, like, CEO, like, organizations. And I'm like, well, again, we keep forgetting. Like, we're, we're doing the same thing in a different context. But, like, right. we have to remember what And what, the whole why. point is to not even do it at all. Exactly. So I taking $60,000 to buy one instead of $6,000 to buy one. So most of so my what? customers, right? Most of my customers are trying to detach themselves from the dollar fiat system. And this is what we started and, the conversation. Yes, and, both they think they're get, both you, and they think they're going to get rich in Bitcoin. If they thought Bitcoin had, well, if they think Bitcoin has stopped going up, they're going to want to sell their Bitcoin and buy stuff. Alex, we're going to shift topics now. How are you going to use Bitcoin in 10 to 15 years? Best case scenario. And what does that mean with regards to transaction costs? So what, what a person wants to do is huddle or save as many Bitcoins as they can. You should not be using your Bitcoins. You should be borrowing fiat or dollars against your Bitcoin and spending those <laughs> dollars. That's what the rich people do. They borrow <laughs> against their real estate. They borrow against their stocks and bonds, and they allow them to continue to appreciate. And in turn, basically, they defer their taxes on all their capital gains. So here is, you can do that uh, even with $100, right? You can basically join the club of, 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 of how the rich people uh, make and save and store their value, but you should use digital assets instead of stocks or bonds because those are already trading at all-time highs. And you don't want to buy these things at, at their highs. All right, another that, question. That is, that is the Go worst ahead. financial <laughs> advice you could give. You're telling I don't people give to financial. He literally wants to assault. <coughs> They're not even in the same space, but he literally wants to go out of his screen and beat the shit out of him. I can see it in his eyes. The, but this man was literally just plugging like his own platform, right? He was just plugging his own platform and not even like coming out and saying that he's plugging his own platform. He was just, you know, kind of like that sneaking really that in there. Shameless. Like, I, oh, let us hold your assets. But then he And he said, like, be, be part of the club. Like, these are tactics that these people use, right? To get, yeah. to try to entice you and to try to like make you want to like buy into it because it does give you like a feeling of exclusivity. Um, and that's just tribalism in the in the in the crypto community period. Yeah. But stuff like that, that. Oh, that was so dishonest. Um, and then what else? What else did he say? Um, oh, to just let it, you know, continue to let it continue appreciating in value while you borrow against it. Okay, yes, that is true. Rich people do that all the time with stocks. So it's with but then a you say amount. it's that and but then you say that it's better to do it with crypto than it is to do it with these with with stocks or bonds because stocks and bonds are at an all-time high and it's like what where do you think crypto is yeah there are pretty high prices yes all-time high was around this time last year but um this is beginning in January. Bitcoin was at least $40,000, $50,000 in January of 2022. 
Yeah, he's tripping. That's a pretty high. That's that's not that far off from its all-time high. What are you saying? Yeah, I feel like that's very scammy, too, because you're saying, oh, don't spend it, keep it, put it on our platform. And it's like, yeah, we'll see people do that, but with, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of something, or like, you know, when their company gives them, like, a stock option offering apart as for being a CEO, like, that's different. You can't tell the average everyday person to do that, like, as a form of income, because most likely what you're encouraging them to do is to, like, pull out equity from their house, buy Bitcoin, dump it on your platform, and use that interest, which is not safe to tell people to do, you know? Like, that's just not a logical response. I just, I would feel very, I feel like, I would feel very uncomfortable. Like, if I worked for his company and I was doing PR or HR or, like, whatever, I would just be like, oh, okay, well, can't work here anymore because we're going to go to jail. Um, yeah. No. That's you what just I gave do. it. You told people to borrow no, money said, against their Bitcoin. You I told them to go what, on leverage and take out loans and borrow money. I mean, you know, you know, you know who's going to lose even more money though? The the lenders. Anyone dumb enough to lend on Bitcoin? Because once Bitcoin implodes, the lenders are going to take a huge hit. You know, that's what happened in the mortgage market. You know, with the subprime market. And I always said this when I was warning about it and encouraging people to short the subprime market. I knew that the the lenders were going to be left holding the bag when the people who borrowed money to buy houses couldn't repay their loans. Well, the people who borrow money against their Bitcoin. Ultimately, they're not going to have the money back because I think Bitcoin is going to collapse so fast that the lenders are not going to be able to liquidate the Bitcoin fast enough to recover the loans. And so there's going to be a huge loss among the lending communities because they loaned against a phony asset. There was just an article in Forbes that listed the 10 richest people in the world and how none of them paid any taxes. And when they dug through their taxes, they realized all of them borrowed against their stock. All of them. Jeff Bezos. (laughs) And Warren Buffett and uh, Steve Jobs. And every, not Steve What's Jobs, your point? No, well, but that. at least look, at least stocks are real assets. Many of them pay dividends that you can use to make your margin payment. Bitcoin um, pays look, dividends, Peter. No. Bitcoin pays right. dividends. Price Celsius. How does Bitcoin 6. pay 2%, a dividend? 6.2% dividend. Because we earn yield. How do you earn yield on Bitcoin? What do you do to generate income on that Bitcoin? I'm happy to spend an hour with you. Yeah, you're uh, trading it. You've got to be taking tremendous amount of risk. The Bitcoin itself doesn't generate any yield. It does. Just like any other asset can generate yield. Gold. No, but what earnings earnings does the Bitcoin generate? Gold generates 5.5% at Celsius. Yield. What are you doing to generate that? You must be taking tremendous risk. To you're generate those returns, risk. of course you are. Okay, you're not. You're not right. Of course you must be. Look, this you, you, again, you this, can't. I'm just, not. I'm not. I'm not giving financial advice. I'm just explaining okay. that this is a, a, interest a, a rates are practically zero. An amazing How can you get five percent interest on gold? It's an amazing opportunity for people to unbank themselves, right? Take advantage yeah, of this you know, market. You know who also had an amazing opportunity? Bernie Madoff had okay. an amazing opportunity right, too. Alex. Yeah, I am uh, placing a bet that Bitcoin will be above 150,000 uh, by tax day, by April 15th. We will see Bitcoin going at or above 150,000. It will take a correction after that. I said that several times. It will go be- back below 100,000. 
You know, when people's loans get liquidated, they literally have to call to add more money into the loan so it won't get liquidated. Because it's like, either you can keep the other crypto that was received or you can lose your asset. But, like, remember, over-collateralized loans, you want to keep the asset. Like, this is not idea. They basically have to call and add more money. So it's, like, messy. It's a messy situation. And, And for someone who is always running their big mouth and talking... Why are you so quiet right now? Because that's But also why would you even bother adding your own money if you still don't even know when or if you will ever be able to withdraw anything that's on there? So for me, I would just take the L, keep keep whatever I borrowed for them and, and get liquidated. And I'm just not gonna pay back what I borrowed from you. Well the thing about that is if you get liquidated oh well that I guess what you're saying. But if you get liquidated, um you would just but, it, but anyway, it doesn't matter what you do at that point because it's all—it's still going to be on the wallet. You can't liquidate it. Yeah, I right. see what you're but, um, but I, I understand yeah, why people, you can't do. I mean, you can't do this. Like it's not okay. Just because the SEC hasn't labeled it as being a crime, it's still a crime. It's a crime. Right. I don't feel bad that this man got doxxed. Um, I I will say that um, he already has um some uh, aside from being an israeli national um he also has some um alleged very um interesting connections to some criminal organizations in israel also today well uh, yesterday on the 27th of june he allegedly was trying to flee the united states from an airport in new jersey on a flight to israel um it is a fact that while Israel does have an extradition agreement with the United States, they will not extradite Israeli nationals that have like committed a crime while being an Israeli national. So for example, if he committed a crime prior to becoming an Israeli national and then he fled to Israel to try to avoid um, like any criminal penalties, then Israel would extradite him to the United States. But he grew up there. He served in the military there. Like, he has been an Israeli national. He is currently an Israeli national. Um, So uh, we can say, and Celsius did come out and make a statement that that he was not trying to flee the country. Um, But it would just, you know, make sense. If I were him and I knew that I had somewhere that I could go, that was beyond extradition to the United States, I would try to go there. That's all I'm saying. Um, but the issue is, so just, and again, to touch, that's why I don't really want people to participate in this coin pump for them because, you know, he has a lot of the Celsius tokens in his personal wallet. So like, but whatever. He's, he's, the primary, he's the primary holder. Yeah, so like, everyone's like, oh, fight the battle. I'm like, okay, well, FTX probably pays the short because they know he's a piece of shit and not to be rude but they were like they wanted to like out him you know like okay FTX is doing a lot but like you know maybe they know something we know they do know something we know because they're the ones that are going around to each of these companies and offering the loans to like well same thing them. same thing with Binance because Binance Binance had come out and made a statement um mm-hmm. that they were looking to acquire about a hundred crypto companies like a- mm-hmm. across the world um and then like CZ threw some shade um that like was was kind of in reference towards um, Celsius and Alex. 
group. Like, yep. But that's the thing. It's just like you. He could have published a statement because that's the thing. It's like I am finding doc. Cause I went because I'm in this. I'm in like other groups too, um, and I was I was like bringing up all this evidence and data, and he has gotten his like community so mind warped that even when you bring up this evidence. Like, no, that's just FUD. And I'm like, yo, like, you can see the wallet addresses of the sent ETH. So the Celsius wallet released ETH to this address that's linked to this holding that lost the ETH forever. And those things were never formally stated. You know, I think in the situation, like, what's happening now, so-so, but if you, like, lost, they lost ETH twice. So the, the Badger DAO was hacked. They lost, like, an additional, like, 75 million. So it's like about 200 of ETH, that was 200 million ETH that was lost outside of all of the liquidations, the loan, the collateral, and everything else we don't know. So it's just like when those things happen, it's your liability. It's your it, it. If you were a bank, you would have to come forward. Like they would have to go to a hearing. They would have to admit it, and they would, you know, and they have to replace the money, correct? But because they are not an FDIC insured institution, there's no legal uh, reminder where they are forced to do that it would just be right. in their best interest to state what happened so people can continue using their platform right but i feel like if you have like an exit plan and like this guy um allegedly tried to go through with his exit plan i mean i don't i don't think he had an exit plan i think they've just been talking to so many bankruptcy lawyers and they know they're fucked i literally think that's what it is and they're like there is no solution because there isn't an immediate solution they literally need to get bought out by a company because the ETH still exists, it's still tied, that's still valuable. So they can't even like go bankrupt in, in reality. They can't just bankrupt it and wash it. That's another problem. Like if the ETH wasn't staked, if the ETH was unlocked, they could probably finesse their way out of it. But because the ETH is locked until post merge, they're basically like in what is that place before hell? Purgatory. Crypto purgatory, essentially. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna find this last video okay so alex machinsky was asked about one of his cfos and he denied knowing that they exist um he yeah just lied and it was really weird and then he was removed um i think he just said it to moshi hoge okay so, th- so this is them admitting that one of the former CFO, um, Moshi, he was committing some type of fraud in Israel as well. Um, but when Alex was asked about it, he just denied the person existed. He was just like, "I'm no, I don't know anything about it." And I, I was like, "That's yeah, really that's weird. what, that's what I mentioned earlier that he yeah. allegedly has some ties to an Israeli um, criminal organization." But now, now that you read it, the, the tie is his former CFO. But it was two of them, though. So I'm trying to... But he literally... Yeah, it was multiple people. So it's actually three. So three of his previous... And one was, like, the chief financial officer. Um, one was yeah. the co-founder. And then I'm like, well, that looks really bad if you think about it. Because... And then... No, it looks super bad to top it off. And then you have to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, he wasn't actually trying to escape to Israel where he's beyond extradition. Yeah. I just, you know. Why is he mad? My coins this wallet is having like random dope, like, like I'm receiving crypto from like a year ago. That's weird. 
Well, they didn't have a Polygon bridge, so I couldn't receive it. Okay, I can't find the interview. It's fine. Um, so yeah, as a culminate, like just to talk about everything, I don't feel like he is the best person to lead this company. I don't think this company should exist. I think we should all like get rid of trade file. It's not safe. It's not safer than yielding your own assets. Um, these companies don't care. They have been using users as liquidity pools themselves. Um, they're taking out loans that are larger than the size of their company. And it's like, you noticed it. They didn't do any of this with VC funding. Because to me, if you no. got VC, if you got VC funding, wouldn't you be doing all this with that? No, because you probably yeah. are not legally allowed to. So well, also, their heads like, are probably going to get snatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... My thing is, yeah. is if, if you don't know how to stake something on your own or if you're not um, able or willing to figure it out, then just just don't do it. Because at that point, they would have been better off running their own validators. Like, that doesn't make any sense right. to me. Like, you have to just yeah. not know. You just have to not know and you're just very ignorant and you don't care. Yeah, also, uh, uh, it, it's a, le- a lesson um, that... We learned with Luna. Now we're learning with Celsius. Like, don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you do want to be a little bit greedy, don't be greedy with all of your assets. That it just doesn't, it's not a smart thing to do. It's not a smart thing to do. If all you have is a car, don't put your car up. Like, because then you can lose your car and then you don't have a way to get to work. But on top of that, on top of that too, it's just like, you know, honestly, if you want to stake crypto, most of the, they allow you to run validators on most of the platforms. You just have to like literally set it up. Um, and there, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there are ways for you to do it where it's not such a mess. Like this isn't normal. And I've never had a situation where I've staked with, within my exodus and then someone would be like, oh, wait, like that well, this has never happened. I would, you know, and but it's, this, like, it's not. This isn't technically staking. This is well, you're handing over custody of your assets to someone else for them to do it for you. And it's like, why? Yeah, I'm just trying to compare no. it to the, the two situations. Like, I've never gone through this with my journey because I've also never let my assets go into someone else's hands and expected them to manage it. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that was the first commandment that I was taught of crypto was like, not your keys, not your crypto. Like, don't send it to if, if someone's telling you. Oh, I'm if like, you send me this, I'm going to send you back more. It's a scam. So why when a company does it, it's not a scam. It stops being a scam. Not dog is still a scam. That it just doesn't it doesn't sound right. If you would if you wouldn't trust a stranger on Twitter to be like, oh, send me, you know, 100 ETH and I'll send you back your initial 100 ETH plus 150 on top, you wouldn't trust them. Like, if you do, you're an idiot. But, like, you shouldn't trust that person. So, what? because it's a company, it makes it different. Like, I, I guess there is a legitimacy attached to it and it does make you feel a little bit better. But it's the exact same concept. No, they're holding it for you. They're like, "Hey, yo, let me hold on. Let let me hold on to that for you, right quick, and I'm gonna go flip it for you." No, no, I can flip it myself. And this is important too because I just want to talk about when the banks get involved with crypto and they're gonna start doing the same stuff. They're like, "Let us hold it for custody." Like, you know, just be aware you don't need for them to hold it for custody. That isn't necessary for you to have it. You know, even if the word is banned, 
it's like they don't have to hold things for you you know no you guys can actually custody your own crypto if you have not learned that by now um and there is going to be a link down in the description for you to purchase your own ledger um so that is an affiliate link that we are going to go ahead and leave in the description of the video and in the description of the podcast so that you guys can go and like purchase a ledger a cold storage wallet so that you can custody your own crypto so that you don't have to rely on a corporation to do it for you yeah because that may or may not be shady and this is honestly probably happening just so corporations can buy everything on discount they're liquidating everyone i think so that's what i think so so and what I wanted to say just to just to bounce off of your last point that um, it's possibly and probably corporations that are, are, you know, trying to do this, trying to cause a crash so that they can like buy in on a fat dip um, to piggyback off of that. Sometimes bad things happen for good reasons. Um, and what I mean by that is, yes, a lot of people are like seeing their, my portfolio does not look as good as it did at this time last year. Right. Um, am I still like in profits in a good portion of my portfolio? Yes. Cause I did get in at, at fairly low prices on, in the assets that I am invested in. Um, but if the market's crashing because, because Ponzi schemes and scams are being exposed then that's a good thing. This is not financial advice. I'm not telling you if you should continue to hold or not, but I am confident enough to say that if the market is crashing because bad things are being exposed, then that's really, really good for all of the projects that are not doing bad things. Yeah, I think trade fine needs to be washed out. I don't think that they, they need to be regulated highly. Um, they can't, they lend money out to each other. We don't know how much. Um, we can only see by looking at their balance sheet, which they have to provide to us. It's not good. Yeah, it's not public. That's unless they can put that's it on opposite chain. of blockchain. Yeah, unless they can put it on chain, they should, no, absolutely not. But again, I blame the SEC because if they would have done. I don't know what regulation they told uh, corporations they had to have when owning cryptos on their crypto on their balance sheet, but it should have been it has to be a transparent ownership, and you cannot use customer assets to reinvest. That cannot be your whole uh, that can't be your whole profit scheme. If your all your profit is derived from other people's holdings, that is not a profit. That's a Ponzi. It's literally a, yeah. a large operating fully funded Ponzi with VC backed. And right. for you to think that that's okay is not. And then to lie about your risk management procedures and say that we monitor your cryptos 24 hours. Well, how did this happen if you do such things? That's a lie. So, like, you're lying on camera, which will all be used against you in, like, a court case. But that's neither here nor there. But, you know, just, just learn from the situation. And TradeFi is not safer. It's actually much worse. Because they have no legal, um, what is it? No legal morality about robbing you. They literally made or, or no no legal like framework or repercussions. I mean, yeah. sure, yes, there are like basic existing laws, like Ponzi schemes are already against the law. Like a Ponzi scheme in crypto doesn't make it like not against the law because there's not regulations in crypto yet. Um, but th- th- the the rules of the road have not been um, 
planned out yet and the u.s specifically has lacked and is is very far behind on it and now is when they're beginning to create frameworks and stuff um and it's just it's it's a little too late but yeah so the issue is essentially by the time they discovered that this happened your money's gone your money's gone like by the time they usually the sec decides to wake up the money's gone because they're too busy like suing the wrong people the money's gone the money's been moved the person is in israel you know and you you know you're so separate from your money that now you have to wait for the legal system to realize that you're robbed for you to have any connection with your your finances so to avoid that type of reaction don't touch it don't go near it yeah not your keys not your crypto not something you should be investing with or touching don't take out money to go get more to lend stop like and also like i know none of us read the terms and conditions but oh my goodness please read the terms and conditions because if if a platform says that if they mess up they get to keep all of your shit that you have on there don't leave your money on there just don't do it yeah coinbase too coinbase so this is just a little bit but coinbase basically i don't i think it was somewhere in switzerland or amsterdam i could be wrong but somewhere in europe so basically the customers would have to dox themselves and the person they're sending their crypto to before they could receive it if not their assets are kind of like locked yeah I can show you. I'll put up the picture in the, the thing, but yeah. And I'm like, why would I want to do that? Because if I wanted to have, and you have to put their home address, their first and last name as well in their wallet. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just put in a Zelly from my bank? Like that doesn't right. make any sense. And I, I, and they said it was based upon, no, I think it's somewhere Dutch, like Holland or something like that. Um, I guess it was like a previous law, but I'm like, whatever like law for finance doesn't directly it was like a, they said it was a law based in 1972 and i'm like that's dumb because that's not a regulatory law that was recently made for crypto so then now they're like making all these like weird claims i don't trust coinbase anymore coinbase it, that's that's not okay because i don't even think like how does that make sense in crypto for me to write your address when i'm sending it to you that would literally just to be to dox all wallets correct yeah no literally like i i understand having the point of kyc for for on and off ramps but if i'm just sending it to you like it's nobody's business who i received it from like yes the wallet address sure but like i shouldn't have to provide that information in order to make a transaction oh, yeah, if they're already kyc on if i already kyc'd and, and whether or not they're KYC'd on their end, that's none of my business. I'm just sending you the money. How they're able to, to do whatever they do with it is their business. But yeah, if you already KYC me, why you gotta why you gotta make me KYC with them? And it's also annoying because if you do DeFi stuff, sometimes you have to move it and send it to yourself. And like, do whatever. Like, what if I had to KYC myself? It, it's just too much. It's just like, this is yeah. weird. Like, why do you need to know? Also, the reason why I have a problem with that is because what I learned last week with the whole USDC um, being able to blacklist wallets and keeping a list of wallets that they actively know are blacklisted or are going to blacklist. So, and mm-hmm. knowing that Circle and Coinbase are the same company because Coinbase produced Circle, I'm uncomfortable with their need to know certain things. Just very uncomfortable with that. So I didn't even I know that. Wonder, I didn't even know that. 
Oh, yeah. So when I was freaking out last week, that's what I was saying. So Coinbase made Circle. And then Circle, in the smart contract that USDC comes from, on, like, the top third line, it says there's address to blacklist pin funds in the smart contract. And Yeah, I remember you showed me that. Then I remember we Googled, we're just like, well, how do they know? And then it says that they actively receive the blacklist, like, the list of blacklist wallets from the police. But I'm like, well, how will the police know who you are? And what wallet and this KYC procedure to me would make sense because now they have your name, your address, and it's on Coinbase. And then they can then keep a log of it and then look at transactions or the police can and then start matching it. So I'm not being paranoid. I just feel like that's the direction they want to go and that's fine. No one's going to use your platform ever again. Yeah, I know. Or at a minimum, you you take it and you send it to like a, a, a burner wallet. And then from the burner wallet, you send. But even still, that'll leave like a bit of a trace. I think they're locking people out of their accounts if they don't provide KYC. I thought you had to provide KYC in order to create an account. Well, yeah, your account. But if the second account doesn't, you just can't send it at all. So the account B has to have all the provided information before you can remove it. Or else you have to create a secondary Coinbase wallet and then send it to yourself. Then I'm like, well, then it's just on a different Coinbase wallet. Yeah, exactly. And it's happening June 27th. Is that today? Yesterday. Technically. Holy cow. So. Yeah, just be careful. Um. Yeah, moral of the story, don't let people or companies or corporations or, like, rich guys that sound very nice in interviews, even though this guy didn't really sound that good, um, don't let them hold on to your assets and tell you that they're going to make money on your assets for you. Just no. That isn't, like, just no. Don't do it. And I would wait to do any DeFi protocol with lending until after this passes because we don't know who's lent out money to who. Because also we realize these institutions are kind of stupid. So Voyager has lent out money to one. And then if, so, okay, so it's like, it's like, Peely, I give you $100 million, right? Right, I'm giving you, I'm loaning you $100 million. But then you lose all your money and then you can't pay me back. So then I can't pay anyone back. So we're both broke. So what happens to that money? How do I give the money back? I can't, right? So then I have to file my bankruptcy from whoever's other money I have. And then we're all broke. Mm-hmm. So it's like the circle of like loss. Everyone's going to be broke. We just don't know who's going to go. I broke. would. Right. I would add a caveat um, onto that. Um, Flare Networks, not Flare Finance, uh, Flare Networks launches where it's supposed to launch on July 4th. That's so, so because Coinbase is going to screw everyone over. Celsius is going to... Because I guess people had XRP on Celsius? Um. Well, so I don't know if if Celsius participated in the snapshot. I, that, I have no idea. I know that Coinbase did, but Coinbase didn't release anybody's Songbird tokens to them. Because my dad and my stepmom, I left their stuff on Coinbase just because it was easier at the time. Um, I, I should be getting my... Um, my flare through Exodus because I was able to get my songbird through Exodus. 
Justice did support this blood token airdrop for XRP holders. Ooh, that sucks. So that's. I know, I know that's super, I know Hugo, um, said that, um, they were like in conversations with all of the exchanges to ensure that people were going to get their flair and that they want to make sure that like at least 85% of the exchanges like are on board with like releasing people their flair. Um, cause they don't want to like, re- or no, I'm sorry. Is that he doesn't want to have a governance vote until at least 85% of people have received their flare tokens that participated in the in the um snapshot which i i respect that's fine especially if you know that exchanges are doing shady shit like you you probably shouldn't it's not fair to hold a governance vote um on on an initial airdrop when you know that exchanges are like withholding it from people celsius is kind of funny because like what happens I, I don't think flare is going to be at a very high value when it drops but how much worth of it is going to end up on the exchange is it still going to be frozen on july 4th or whenever they do like release it i don't know what's gonna happen with that i just feel like they you know you, you couldn't fulfill the job you know you guys couldn't do it you guys are not prepared for this type of work you shouldn't have taken on the responsibility of holding millions of dollars of assets. And if I had any money on Celsius, I would be calling every day crying because like that's crazy. I don't I don't think people know how bad it is because they've been really good about like trying to like gaslight everyone into thinking it's okay. Um, but it's it's a, a really bad situation and I'm not saying this. Obviously I would want everything I'm saying to not be true, right? Like I don't want people to be telling me. I don't want these things to happen. But when people go out of their way to lie and just lie about things, that's the problem. And lie badly. Yeah. And then, you know, he's saying, oh, everything's fine. Meanwhile, you're reaching out to bankruptcy lawyers. You're making all these plans without consulting anyone. You know, if it was a a governance gap, they would have voted. You would have had communication because you can't do that, you know, essentially in a decentralized um, application. You're supposed to be using governance tokens to vote and discuss things, how, like, how the platform operates. In these types of situations, you have no rights. Literally no rights. They can do whatever they want. They can bankrupt the company. Your assets will go with it. Right. So keep your assets in cold storage, again, on a ledger that you buy using, hopefully, the link below. Like, you don't have to, but I would really like if you guys did that. It'd be very appreciative. Okay, well, I think we have covered the subject enough, and um, in our next few videos, we're going to go into the other um, platforms that are also TradeFi. It'll be a little bit more brief because there's like five of them, um, and discuss how they also ruin their platform by over-leveraging and taking out too many loans with also failing uh, trade like funds. So literally, they're a correlation to the collapse that we're experiencing now. Well, the the further collapse, like the second collapse. Are we in the second? I feel like we're in collapse seven, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I w- well, I would cut since since Terra, like Terra was one. I think we're in two right now. Three is probably going to be tether, um, maybe no, tether. We'll so, see. So basically, Terra is the domino that pushed the picture, essentially. Yeah. 
because it, re- mm-hmm. it it basically revealed like how these protocols are creating um, inflationary yields to hold assets. They're hoarding money so they can do right. X, Y, and Z and get loans. So, right, just like in um, capitalism, it's it's the same thing except for that is a little bit more regulated than what yeah. we're experiencing now. And that's what we're trying to say. This is scary because this is unregulated. This is millions and billions. Like for Doquan to have lost forty billion, that's crazy. For anonymous to come after you, (laughs) like that says something. Because anonymous is probably the CIA. So like for anonymous slash the CIA to come after you, like that you know you fucked up. Like retired CIA. probably but either way either way you know you fucked up you know you fucked up when anonymous is coming after you i mean you're gonna they're gonna ddos attack your whole mainframe and burn your computers down like they don't play i'm so scared and then send more people to your apartment yeah but that's the thing well just quickly to touch you know doquan was sending crypt so doquan's a sneaky little thing because he was basically like oh here here's like 10 million dollars worth of luna give me your crypto that's what he was doing the blockchains yeah so that's what someone from avax was saying they're like he the luna foundation has our crypto and we don't know when they're gonna sell it so we're scared and he's done that i don't know how many he's done that with but that's what he was doing too so he was like here just take it right just take it like take 10 million it's like fair and then give me yours let's just exchange it and he did this with like so many of them so that's why all of those exchanges that participated and that that exchanged with him like that's just incompetence that's that's no there's that's how that rumor got started about the original collapse of luna they were like he did it off chain and we're like that's weird why are they all saying that right because that's what doquan was doing he was like talking to the head of the foundations and like let's just swap between our wallets not like on an exchange or like I send it to your formal exchange wallet or whatever. Right. Need that was a common practice for him. So the Luna Foundation has like all this random crypto on top of whatever they did. So But then but also like I I one thousand percent fault um whoever made those executive decisions at all of the other exchanges because why would you do that? That's so sketchy. Like, why wouldn't you do it through the official channels? Like, that's so sketch. Because everyone was so magnetized by Luna's price increase that they were just like, oh, that's there's money in that. Like, Mm. Doquan mystified everyone with the growth of his project and the stable yield. When you pay a stable yield, people think that everything's your protocol's perfect. You can consistently pay people. You have millions of users. You're damn near close to adoption when people say it, i think that play it's never made me feel comfortable but i think for the novice people it's like oh that's safe you know without really thinking well like how does it work how does it do that wait how much does it cost like so and i think that led people to take the money and he probably gave mm-hmm. them more than, than they were giving him so yeah he probably did that he probably did, i wonder when he did that because obviously he had a kill switch um so he probably collected I wonder... and then took out what he could and then did like um but i think he also did it with exchanges was like informal actual loans too 
that's why these exchanges are collapsing because they well Voyager took out a loan <laughs> Voyager learned loan money to 3AC so they're all just loaning money out to people like to each other and it's just these are literally human beings these are not decentralized organizations like why are you lending out millions of dollars to people my grandmother has better risk management no literally literally she doesn't but still like you know so wow yeah wow okay well like follow subscribe stay away from DeFi for a bit you know hold your coins don't lend anything out Ave is still cool though we love Ave they're magical um, but yeah, just stay safe out here, okay? Bye!